You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Joey's upcoming season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 371. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in our biannual visit with Stephen Fishback from Survivor Token Chain, Survivor Second Chance. We break down last week's Survivor 45 finale coming up momentarily. When something happens to your car, you might say... But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. So you know we always have Steven on, end of the season. He's our favorite, he's our resident expert, my favorite recapper of this show. He's an encyclopedia. He knows all when it comes to this show. I even threw more trivia questions out at him in this podcast in regards to endings of seasons and final votes, and he pretty much nailed everything, as he always does, because he's Stephen Fishback the Great. <laughs> um, we talk about the moves that D made. Does he agree with D being the winner if he was on the jury? Would he have voted for her? We also talk about his doppelganger. Not necessarily his looks doppelganger, but game-playing doppelganger, who brought him up this season, Drew. Because I think there is a good case to be made that Drew is Stephen Fishback 2.0. And I'll ask Stephen about it, and you can hear what he says <laughs> and what he thought of Drew this season and Drew's gameplay and how he handled himself. So uh, that's all coming up in a little bit. Just want to let you know that the Daily Roundup is up. It's been up for a couple hours today. Uh, we talk about the challenge uh, from last night's episode. Sheena Shea has some things to say about Rachel Levis's podcast that's starting next week. I give my thoughts on Rachel Levis's podcast starting. I believe it starts next week. It's it's sometime in January, but I, I want to say maybe it's the eighth. Maybe it's the second Monday in 2024. I'm not sure, but I know it starts soon. And Sheena had some thoughts on it. It came out in her podcast on Friday, but it was just picked up by the entertainment sites yesterday, the quotes that she had on it. So, and I tend to agree with her uh, on, on, on a certain level. I agree with what Sheena said about Rachel. If you didn't hear it, listen to the daily roundup today where we cover that. Uh, once again, I can tell you I screwed up not big time, but even just talking about Sheena on the podcast earlier in the Daily Roundup, I called her Shayna. And I know it's Sheena. But just like I know it's Gary Turner, the Golden Bachelor, I still will be looking at my screen and see G-E-R-R-Y and say, and the word and the pronunciation Jerry just comes flying out of my mouth. I did it twice yesterday. A few of you emailed me to correct me, so thank you, because I wouldn't have probably recognized that I did. But I, the thing is, like, I know his name is Gary. And 
I'll still just throw out a Jerry every once in a while and not even realize it. Just like earlier today, I called her Shana because I see S-C-H-E-A-N-A. And for some reason, in my mind, that's Shana. But I know it's not. It's Sheena. So I just got to remember that. And I'm sure once Vanderpump Rules starts on January 30th, when I do talk about it on this podcast, I'm sure there's going to be a couple Shanas that slip out then too. Just know that I know her name is Sheena. Let me go with my Shanas. Uh, unless it becomes incessant where I get it wrong every single time. But I guarantee you within the same podcast, sometimes I might say Sheena and sometimes I might say Shana, just like with Gary and Jerry. I do talk about Nick Cannon uh, since he was brought up yesterday in the Daily Roundup. Um, I didn't know off the top of my head how many kids he had and with how many women. I knew it was double digits. I thought it was 12 or 13, and I thought it was between five, six, and seven different women. Our final tally is this, 12 kids, six different women. However, when I was reading the article and reading the names of his children and who each child was with, I came across something yet again that I don't know if it's, I don't know if you want to say it's disturbing, but it just makes you really, really shake your head at this whole situation with Nick. And I know that Nick Cannon says he wants to be present for all his kids. I think the oldest kids that he has are the twins with Mariah Carey. They're 12. I don't remember seeing another age uh, that was even close to 12. I think pretty much every kid after his Mariah kids, I don't think any of them are older than six. But I could be off on that. If you listen to the Daily Roundup, I give you every one of his kids, their names, which are quite interesting, and their ages and who the mother is. And then once you see some of the ages and you see the different mothers, you're just like, whoa, wait a second here. So yeah, I do talk about that. And also the Kevin Hart situation going on yesterday. He is ordering a cease and desist to a YouTuber out there who recorded an interview with a former assistant of his from 2017 to 2020. And this assistant apparently is babbling that he had an affair in his office and he's got a gambling problem. But she's a former assistant. She has signed an NDA. So things are probably getting messy there. So that's all coming up, or that was already released this morning on the Daily Roundup. So check that out if you would like. When something happens to your car, you might say, But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. All right, let's get going. Podcast number 371. Okay, uh, let's bring him in. You saw him on Survivor Token Chains. And Survivor Second Chance, he is on the Know-It-Alls podcast in the uh, Rob Has a Podcast Network. He's our resident Survivor expert, Stephen Fishback. Stephen, hello. Thank you for coming on for your uh, biannual visit here. Oh, my gosh. It's it's uh, my favorite biannual event. So I'm also <laughs> delighted to hear you call me my resident expert. There you go. Um, you know, let's get let's break down uh, the season 45. We'll, we'll start that we, we usually like to start backwards. Basically, let's talk about the winner, how it was yeah. done, and then work our way to things that happened during the season. I ask you this every season, so we'll start with it again. Um, D is our winner. If yeah. you were on the jury, would you have voted for her? And if not, then who? 
I definitely think you vote for D. I think, you know, I think she played probably the most dominant game of the whole, you know, I guess we'll call it the new era and which is, you know, starting with season 41. Yeah. And the disparity, you know, I think Austin played a very strong game, certainly up till about the halfway or two thirds point. But then for D to have this couple of moves where, you know, she can just absolutely point to Austin being left out of it. And the, 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 you know, the chef's kiss moment was at final tribal when Austin himself says, Oh, D wasn't a part of that. You know, for, for the Julie blind side where Julie kind of saved herself with the idol, Austin says, Oh, that D had nothing to do with that. Julie found out somehow else and D to be able to say right there in front of all of the jury, no, you're wrong. I fooled you. You know, I mean, truly you can't come back from that. I think you have to vote for D in that situation. And she played an awesome game all through. Yeah. I think it was, it was the it was the gameplay of the season for sure. Uh, Austin had nothing to say in return, and when basically yeah. you get pantsed like that at the final tribal, it's like <laughs> exactly what do you do? I mean, um, here's the thing though: I'm glad that we got a close vote. You know me; I love the whole voting disparity. Every season we go over this, we finally yeah. got a close vote, uh, five, yes. five to three, which is our closest vote since when? Ghost even. Oh gosh, I, I mean, I can't even. I mean, I think it's actually the closest vote since Dom and Wendell, you Correct. know, which was a tie. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, good. I'm glad I got that right. Um, yeah. I went back. So I went back even further. I obviously pull this up every time I'm on with you. Um, so yeah. se- season 36, Ghost Island with Dom and Wendell, was a five-five tie, and then it was, um, it was broken by by Laurel, who finished third. So. I went back before that, so I'm looking at all the final votes, and I'm like, so this vote, five to three, was within two. Do you remember, before season, so 36 was the closest one we've had. Um, right. It's been 10 years since we've had, or 10 seasons, wow. since we've had a vote within two. Do you remember the season before that, where the vote was within two? I mean, honestly, it might be the pre. Well, uh, let's see. So, here's here's um, here's Hustlers was where you had Ben Ben Freebergen beat out Chrissy. That was a close vote, but I don't think it was within two. I remember that Chrissy got a couple of votes, and that was sort of a, su- and a surprise uh, that she that she did so badly because um, I think a lot of people were rooting for Chrissy. Um, and then we have like, um, oh gosh, <laughs> you're going way back into the archives, aren't you? Yeah. Was it Michelle and Aubrey and Cole Wrong? Because I remember there, Aubrey got some votes too. What season? Do you know the number season of that? That, that was uh, 32. No, that was wow. Five, that was 5 2. Close, but it was 5 2. There was three votes separating that one. So, which was the, the, the next season going backwards that was within two? Or one or wow, that's so funny. I can't. I honestly have no idea. It's uh, it's all the way back to season twenty-one, Nicaragua with Judd and Chase. Wow, that's crazy. That's really wild. I mean, it's such an interesting thing because you know when Survivor first started, it was all four three votes. You yeah. know, it was always like within one. And I mean, if you know, what a different game. You know, like uh, Richard Hatchot beat you know Kelly Wigglesworth with with one vote, which. You know, it was the uh, the famous Greg Luis guess a number vote. Um, you know, and so many. I mean, you know, Rob beat Amber by one vote in All Stars. Um, um, and and I remember um, 
Um, the winner of um, oh my gosh, there's so many votes that have been that have been four three. It's like they're all four three. Like Brian Heideck beat Clay by four three, yeah. which is like inconceivable now. You know, Clay would absolutely be shut out in today's game, and it's just such an interesting world where. Like what has happened, you know, to the show where that's the case, where it's like always a shutout. The jury basically reaches a consensus, you know, and it almost feels like what is expected of a game player now maybe is more, you know, there's there's less. Well, one thing I think is really cool about Survivor is that every juror can kind of make up for themselves, you know, what's valuable and. You know, you could say challenges are the most valuable thing. I'm going to vote on who won the most challenges. You wouldn't be wrong for saying that. Um, and one of the things I liked actually about Austin's jury defense was he said, like, hey, I won challenges. That was important to our strategy. The re-before couldn't become the re-before if, if I hadn't won challenges. But anyway, it was such an interesting thing where now sort of everyone is voting in, in lockstep. What, I, wow. Yeah. I mean, if, if you go through the first, because that was season 21, like I said, that was uh, within two votes. But if you go through the first 20 seasons, I believe it was seven that were 4-3. You had you had Richard, wow. you had Hatch over or over Wigglesworth, you had Vesepia over Nalia as well as Brian over Clay. So back-to-back wow. seasons you had in Marquesas in Thailand, you had 4-3 votes. You had Amber yeah. over Rob for 4-3. You also had Yule over Ozzy 5-4, another one vote. Right. Um, and then you had, let's see, Parver beat Amanda 5-3, but then you had Bob beating Susie 4-3 in season 17. And then, wow. so those were all the close ones between 1 and 20. And then from 21 on, we've had what now three votes within two like in four in 25 seasons like they're not close and and it's interesting too that it's like a different era of time you know like that was that was right when i played i'm I'm, you know honored to be the the first person ever shut out in a final two but like it's like it's like a different era of like life where or, or of time you know where that was like 2008 2009 suddenly like social media is more of a thing suddenly you know everyone has access to you know all of the contestants and there's much more like chatter podcasts are blowing up and i wonder if all of that like discourse around the show is affecting you know these kind of blowout votes yeah it very well could be it's it's really you know it's it's tough to know it's tough to know that this is exactly right. the effect of it but i got to say it, it, it it's got to play a role i mean there's always been uh, Ponderosa, where these people can convene with each other and kind of determine, even going into final tribal, hey, I'm leaning this way. It would really take something for me to change my mind. And a whole thing, you know, a whole group thing thing where they're yeah. like, you know, they already have an idea of who's going to win. I, some people say at final tribal, we see them on TV say, my mind's not made up. I mean, you got to convince me. Right <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I don't yeah. know how many people I actually buy that from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's conceivable there's a handful of people who go in. But I also think, like, you know, even if you're, you know, yeah, exactly, even if your mind is fully made up, you might leave open the possibility that you could be convinced otherwise and, like, therefore say, you know, my mind is made up. So, obviously, that was the biggest gameplay of the season. Jeff Probst talked about it after the fact uh, with Dalton in regards to he thought that Jake completely mishandled the Keturah playing the idol and not telling her he was going to play it for her. Now, I was watching this, you know, when I was watching the episode by right. myself, I said this to myself. I like maybe other people saw this and I didn't, but when he left that conversation with Katura, Jake said, he said, neither of us are going home tonight. And right. I took, I knew he was going to play it for her. I w- wasn't shown to us whether he told her he was going to or not. It's for us as the viewing audience, it made it seem like he did not tell her, which he didn't. And, 
Jeff Probst seems to think that was a huge mistake on his part. What was your take on Jake not telling her he was going to do that? Oh, I totally disagree because I think in that situation, if Jake tells her he's playing at her, like, there's a good chance she that, that, that Jake is the one who's going to go home. You know, yeah. Jake tells Katura he's playing it. Then, like, I mean, how many times this season have we seen Katura, you know, at the last minute pull out of Jake's plans, you know, or Katura like run back to D and tell her exactly what's going on? You know, so maybe in this spot, you know, Katura thinks like, okay, I'm going to like actually stick with my my Bello group. And I mean, this is speaking as someone who really loved Katura and was rooting for her, but like, she has absolutely been the fly, the fly in the ointment for the for the Bello team. Um, so you know, I think if Jake, <laughs> if I were Jake, I'd be very worried if I said that that suddenly the vote is going to shift to me. And the thing with Katura was the reason that she switched her vote was because she felt like she couldn't trust Jake. So right. that's why it's like. If he told her, I mean, I guess she could have been like, oh, wow, I can trust him now. He just told me he's going to give me his idol. But then she could have easily said and went to somebody else and said, Jake's giving me his idol tonight. So we can yeah. easily get we can easily get him out, you know. And I talked about this a little bit with Rob where where, you know, what was the thing between Katura and Jake? Like, why could these two who, you know. In every like you know apparent level seem to have, you know, share their own be share best interests. They just could not work together and it seemed like they had such a disparity in their temperaments where on the one hand you know you have Katura who seemed to be relatively cautious you know in in, one, in, in the play she wanted to make and then you, you have Jake who's like out there trying to take the, the biggest kookiest swings in the book you know every big every move for Jake had to be like some like over-the-top thing where like unnecessarily so so they were just so hilariously ill-suited and yet constantly like should have been working together do you like Jake as a player? Do you think he was a messy player? Do you think he was, you know, smart but just couldn't pull anything off? Because I found him, at least in the last episode, I think he kind of grew on people in that last episode. I think people yeah. were rooting for him in that last episode. I didn't think he was going to garner more than maybe one vote at Final Tribal. I thought maybe he could pull somebody. But um, I really think, like, you know, when you look at seasons now, you almost look like, okay, the next All-Star season – who from this season is going? I think you got to bring Jake in. I think he's, I think he's great comedy, and I think he's a good enough player to where I don't think he would get bounced first. But he's he's not great in challenges. But I just yeah. think he's a good enough player that this is a guy that should be back should be back for a, a future season. I totally agree with you, Steve. I think like this episode or the, the finale episode really made the case why why Jake should come back. He had so many great lines. He was so open, so vulnerable, so introspective. And he's not just like a player, but like he's like the type of player I think production really likes, and you know it makes great TV, which is like a big over the top player, and like you said, like a messy player where he's always trying to make moves, he's always trying to like take the big swing, you know, even like when he doesn't have to. I mean, there was one one point where you know he kept on trying to force these tie votes, you know, unnecessarily, right? I mean, there was one point when at the at the, at the tribe swap where you know you his only way to save Caleb was to force a tie vote and, and Katura didn't go along um, for that plan, which I thought made sense from Katura's perspective at that time. But um, then like later on, you know, she was like, let's force him. He, he was trying to get another tie vote. You know, I think it was the Alice, the seal or something. And it was like, just, just go for a majority vote, you know, <laughs> just get like a one vote together. Like it doesn't have to be some like theatrical tie vote where you stand up in the middle of tribal council and convince someone to switch sides. Yeah. I think, you know, he was, like you said, he is one of the contestants that makes production just he's a production's dream for sure, because yeah. gives them great one liners. The accent certainly adds to it. I mean, he's yes. you know, he's got the Boston Rob accent, essentially. 
Um, yeah. He's, I think he's definitely destined for a future season. Um, I also think that when I when I watched him, yes, he was messy. He wasn't great at challenges, but I think he's good enough TV where and he and he reached the final three. It's not like this guy got eliminated, you know, pre-merge. You know, he's yeah, lasted exactly. long enough right. to where he's memorable. Um, yeah. Here's here's something that I wanted to ask you about in regards to uh, confessionals. I, I had I had brought up to you last time and. You hadn't even heard of the Instagram account Survivor Fact Checker. I don't know if I now follow. I mean, I now follow that thanks to our conversation. So thank okay. you for bringing that into my life. Okay, so I didn't realize it until I looked at it at the end of you know after thirteen episodes. You know, every week they do a confessional breakdown. Who had the most confessionals? And D obviously knows the winner this year, but she had the fourth most confessionals on the season. Mm. Austin led the way with seventy-one confessionals. Katura and Drew had 65 each, and D was uh, fourth at 63. But, wow. but if you look at D's week-by-week confessionals, through the first 10 episodes, she never had more than four confessionals in an, ep- in an episode, except episode three. She had seven. Then she, But these are, her, these are her confessional numbers through the first 10 weeks. Two, two, seven, three, three, two, four, two. Oh, she had five in week nine. And then two. In week 10. Wow. Wow. That's so, surprising. And then she went 10, 10, 11 in the last three episodes, which wow. clearly yeah. when there's less people left, obviously you're going to get more confessionals. It's almost impossible not to. So now I'm beginning to think, was she under edited? Like when the season was going on, was she on your radar to win this thing? Or did you not see her winning in this until we had established our final five going into the finale? I mean, she was always in the conversation because she was, it did seem like she was, you know, of the Bella four, you know, you're, who, who, who will you point to as the one? And I think like, you know, early on it looked maybe, maybe Austin would be the one who could, you know, kind of pull it out. And certainly, you know, earlier in the game, Austin really did seem to be doing so well where he had this, all of these different advantages, you know, he and Drew seemed to be more in the power position a few times than, than, than but ultimately as the season went on, it, it seemed like D got her way with whoever she wanted to, to go out. I actually early on thought maybe she was playing a little too hard because sometimes she would make, unnecessary moves i thought at the time i'm obviously i was proven wrong because she won the game and i had um but but um you know it is interesting and and i i wonder if some of that is you know i do think production likes to um you know keep their make it more of an arc right so their winner sort of emerges as a little bit of a surprise because you know in the 30s uh you know the, the seasons they were really heavy-handed with who won um, you know, there's there's certainly people talk about it being gendered, right? Where there's you know male winners get more confessionals over the course of a season than females uh, do, and I also think it just speaks to these game, which was strong all throughout. You know, she was you know in that dominant group, but really seemed to emerge in those last few weeks, and I think that's the secret to winning Survivor now. Basically, is you know kind of just have a really great last couple of uh, couple of days of the show. And, you know, that like, kind of used that momentum to coast to a win. Did you miss the fact that at our final challenge, we didn't have the ball through the maze thing? <laughs> we, had, we, had, we, had gone, we had gone, what, three, I want to say three or four seasons in a row where that was the final challenge. I don't remember yeah. the exact number of seasons in a row it was used, but you know me, I love that thing. Because like, I, yeah. I think even if, even if you can, you know, I don't remember who the player was that was able to, 
I think it was the guy that won a couple seasons ago that was able to 3D print every single challenge on the show. Or, Carson. Yeah, yeah. Carson. Um, I think you could practice that as much as you can, but once you get five or six balls in there, I, I, it's just who's going to hang on the longest because it's right. it's ending shortly after that pretty much. Yeah, um, exactly. It goes next down goes very fast. <laughs> so are you? Do, were you happy with the final challenge that, that they took that out and put the one in with you know holding and, the, and standing on the thing and – balancing all the teapots or whatever they were. I don't know what they teapots. Oh, gosh. I, yeah. I mean, honestly, okay, yeah. Honestly, I don't even remember the final challenge. Um, it's so funny. What was the final challenge? They were, it they was were the one like where that. they had the hook and they had to bring teacups over, but they, and they had oh. to walk through the, um, the ropes. And if, and right. If you hit yeah. The and then Jake and, broke it. And, yeah. and, um, that was, yeah, I actually, I really like those things because I do think that is, you know, it's this fun combination of like, you have to be really patient you have to, you know, there, and there's always that tension, you know, with like, with like most of the challenges, it's just like you do it, you do the best you can. Right. But I like that challenge, like this final, like that one where there's a constantly a decision for the players of, do I try to go slow and steady and hope that my competitors screw up yep. or do I rush because I'm falling behind or do I go extra slow because I'm in the lead and I don't want to F it up. And so I think, you know, that's, that's, I think fun. I mean, and there was, one of the gosh, one of the players, maybe it was Katora, was going super slow, and you're like, well, maybe this is the winning strategy, or maybe she's costing herself the win. So I like the idea of a challenge that is physical, that is endurance based. You know, as this kind of constant mental calculation, I think is really fun, and you can kind of like, as a viewer, I think it involves you more because um, you can say, how would I play this? You know, whereas if it's you know with the ball thing, you're like, well, I guess I would try to catch as many balls as I could. You <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. No, that that is yeah. I didn't want really to think about that because the ball thing, if you're watching it at home, is just like, well, let's see who screws up first. As opposed to this right, exactly. one, there yeah. is a strategy involved of do I go fast and just hope I don't knock over one of the, uh, you know, knock something over, or yeah. do I go slow and steady and hope that my competitors do do it because they're trying to go too fast. It it was definitely interesting. It looks like I don't think D ever. It may, maybe she did in the beginning, and it was a learning curve. But I, I was like, I don't, I don't remember her ever knocking her stuff over. But maybe she did, and it was early yeah. On. Well, they didn't. I don't think she did. Um, I, I mean, I think she was consistent. Right, it's possible that it right at the start. But I think, I mean, she was yeah. like consistent and slow and steady. And you know, I do wonder if Austin had won that challenge if he would have taken her and cost himself. That would have been a fun, um, you know, fun twist. Like, does Austin take her to the end and basically cost himself a million dollars? Um, yeah, maybe he would have. Yeah. And you wonder if, if that would have put him over the edge, I mean, all he needed was one more vote and we're sitting there at a tie, you know, I mean, we yeah. just, yeah. we don't know. Um, I did think it was interesting. Um, this was, this was an interesting season because I think for the first time, you know, the word doppelganger is thrown around a lot and that's usually you yeah. know someone that you look like, but however, I think, <laughs> I mean, shit, the guy brought it up during the season numerous times. I think we have met Stephen Fishback's doppelganger in this game, <laughs> and his name is Drew. Um, this I guy reminded me so much of you, and he was the guy I had my eye on midseason when it was the whole Drew yeah. and Austin show, and it seemed like they were running the show. And the way he was being edited, he was being shown a lot. He was being shown to be very cerebral. I was like, yeah. number one, this guy is uh, Stephen Fishback reincarnated for season 45. <laughs> And number two, I, I think he's got a good chance to get to the end. And he was in great position, but a great blindside got him out. Um, what did you think of Drew's game? And I think he's another guy. I, I actually that comes agree. Back I mean, like future. Season. I do think, like you know, 
well, every time anyone's glasses is on the show, they're like, oh, look, it's the new fishback. <laughs> um, I, I actually, with this one, I do feel like he and I are very, like, similar temperamentally, like, more than I've even felt with, like, basically any other contestant. Yeah. I mean, you know, when Cochran was first on, I like, oh, look, little fishback. But, like, and Cochran and I are, like, very, very good friends. But we're actually, like, not that similar. I mean, whatever. That's that's not true. I mean, compared to, like, other Survivor contestants, we're very similar. But, like, Drew is much more kind of in my lane, you know, English major nerd. You know, like, that sort of nerd. Whereas, like, there hasn't really been another you know, hardcore English major nerd um, like him. I mean, he's, he's, you know, further on that, on that, um, on that scale than I am, you know, he's in graduate school studying English literature. So I never, I never took that path, but I definitely felt a lot of kinship with him. Um, and I loved his, his, um, shout out to tribal you. council analogy. Well, obviously shout out to me. Yeah. Um, and the fact that in that, that moment, like right in the finale, when Jeff said, you know, give us a metaphor for why you should apply. And he like launches into this thing about it, the buildings Roman, I thought it was just so great. He nailed that. Um, I, you know, it's funny. He was such a polarizing contestant. I heard from so many people that they didn't like him. Yeah. Um, you know, that he was really arrogant, um, and, you know, he did have a little bit of that sort of cockiness and bravado, but I, I, whatever, I, it really, I liked, I mean, you know, the nerd bravado, I really, but that, 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 that works for me. I love seeing the nerd bravado. Yeah. See, I was surprised because I got that off of, um, off of survivor fact checker where they did kind of a likability poll and he was at the very bottom and I was like, or, you know, not the very bottom, but he was below Bruce, way, yeah, okay, way lower than some of the people I'm like. That was the guy I was drawn to all season. I loved his yeah. game. I loved his confessionals. Yeah, I didn't even think he. I, I don't know. I, I he was he never came across as oh this guy's this guy's too much. He thinks he's the hot shit or what. I never saw that. I thought he was great. Yeah, I felt the same way. It's so funny. I mean, you know, other than maybe the last day where he was, you know, kind of maybe they were celebrating a little bit too much in advance of actually having won, um, or his last day. But um, yeah, I mean, I. It's interesting because you do wonder if it was a mistake for them to vote him out. I mean, obviously for everyone but D, it was a mistake to vote him out because it didn't. I, I just wondered if the jury would ever ever award you know a twenty three year old you know grad student. Are they going to give that person a million dollars? I do think so much of who the jury chooses is based on what their life story is, and you know, do they really quote deserve it? You know. And I mean, my gosh, I wouldn't waste a vote on that at the final, whatever it was, uh, six um, on, on the grad on the grad student. What was it when he brought you up during the season? What was the context in which he said your name? Well, it's 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 usually this is the when those few times I have been brought up. It's always the same context, which is the, the duos. So people talk about, you know, JT oh. and me from my first season as being like, a, you know, a notable duo on the show. And, you know, he kind of pitched that to Austin as like, we can be a duo like those two, you know, we can go all the way to the end as this sort of, you know, the, the nerdy guy and the, and the athletic guy. So <laughs> I, I, okay. Now, now I do remember him saying the duo part of it. And, yeah. you know, I'm wondering, didn't they even do a, um, didn't we even get a like flashback scene of, of J of JT? Didn't they show that? Well, we separately got a flashback scene of JT, which was when <laughs> um, Jake was doing the memory challenge for the advantage. You know, everyone had to like run around and how yeah. many crabs there were and everything. And Jake, his mnemonic device was he counted, you know, counted them all up and then remembered the number by trying to remember the winner of that season. So there were 18 crabs 
and JT won season 18. So it, it was a funny moment. You're like, well, crabs, that's JT. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, that's that was the, the JT flashback. Okay, that was the JT flashback. I remember seeing yeah. JT this season. And then when, yeah. you talk, when you talked about the duos thing, I was like, wait, was it during Drew's confessional when he said, no, like, yeah, let's be, be a good. duo like them? And it, no, it was, I guess it wasn't. No, good. Uh, good. This is a good season for, uh, you know, season for Token Sheen's uh, references. Well, there were <laughs> but three, three or four of them. So this was, this has been, I guess, you know, there's only been what, I think six new era seasons. Is it six or five? Five. five. This seems to be, at least what I'm reading online, the, um, has been voted on or has been perceived as the best new era season that they've had. Do you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think so much of that is the 90 minute episode, you know, I mean, we got so much more context for each of the players. You know, you could really see that production had so much more time to just kind of, you know, teach, you know, both to like learn about these people, to care about them, but also to have some of the like goofy moments, you know, you know, everybody was like, you, I had so much more insight, you know, for every single move of like what every player was thinking. And that's something that I've really felt has been missing in, in recent years, you know, is, you know, you learn like what one or two people are, are thinking. And because it's a fast, such a fast moving game, it's like, basically it's been impossible to follow. We've talked about that too. How like every single vote, you're like, well, I mean, I know someone voted out. I can sort of like guess why they were voted out. But, but this, because of that 90 minutes, I think, you know, the show had just so much more room to breathe. We know that next season in the spring is also going to be a 90-minute episodes as well. I think the first two yeah. first two episodes are going to be two hours, and then every, after that, every episode is going to be 90 minutes. And I'm wondering now, is this going to be the norm going forward? Because these were seasons filmed back-to-back in, you know, basically um, between April and June of this past year uh, of 2023. Uh, th- this season, 45, is the one that gets shown in the fall, and then 46 gets shown next year, which is always fascinating to me because the people that are in season 46, that season begins sometime in February. The finale will be in May and that literally the winner has had to sit around. Everyone oh, it's on, crazy. Everyone on season 46 has sat around for a year. By the time their finale yeah. airs, they will have completed playing the game a year ago. That's just amazing. Can you imagine? Yeah, you're just in stasis. I mean, especially I, you, you wonder if it's uh you know, I guess the winner is crowned now, you know, on site, but you know, it used to be, you know, you wouldn't even know for sure if you won, you know, for, for a year, <laughs> well, but, um, 44, oh, go ahead, please. No, I was going to say, um, again, this brings us back to our final tribal thing. I, I, I don't like the final tribal out there. I mean, we're, aren't we far enough past COVID to where we can do live shows now again? I, I mean, that was the right reason why we got away from the live finales was COVID. Totally understandable at the time with the information that we had. We're, we're past that, I believe, to yeah. where we can, we can do a live studio audience. We can see how they are, what they look like. I mean, that's always been the big thing to me is I want to see what these people look like because I have not been following them on social media I want to see what they look like sitting there on stage for the first time when we see them when Jeff walks in with the final votes. And we haven't gotten that in five seasons, and I'm getting bothered by it. No, I know. It's such a fun transition when you've got, like, the jury all assembled there. They're all, like, nerd and, you know, emaciated. And then you've yeah. got, uh, you know, after, after you know, six months of binge eating, you know, you're cut to, the to, to, like, everybody looking, like, very full and, you know, in their, like, fancy outfits um but but i I miss it too i just think it's so obviously so much cheaper you know to i mean what's the cost to cbs to to do it out out on the in the field is like uh the champagne pizzas whereas when they're you know they're flying 
every contestant and, you know, four family members and, you know, uh, paying each contestant extra money because it was, you know, now that was not officially, you know, actually part of the game show. So we all made $10,000 each. Um, and let alone the actual costs of like producing the event itself. I think it's a lot cheaper. I can't imagine they're ever, I mean, I miss it too, but that's what I think we're, that's what we're never going to see again. Yeah. And then, and then just the, the game aspect of it is you're asking D and Jake and Austin to sit there minutes after a season just ended when you haven't even watched any of the episodes. You haven't, you don't know what your edit is. You don't know what any other contestant said about you. I think it's just, you get so much more game insight um, on the live after you know the live finale when Jeff is talking to the cast versus I'm talking to you minutes after our season just ended, you're still just in probably just a, a whirlwind of emotions, and you got to sit there and talk about it when you don't even know really you haven't even grasped what just happened. Right, I haven't so, had a chance to process it at all. I totally agree with you, Steve. I mean, I think their argument is sort of the reverse of that, which is that by the time the contestants have come home and they've watched themselves on TV and they've like read the social media that everyone is kind of in like spin mode, you know, where they're all trying to like say the thing that's going to like best burnish their reputation or that's going to like, so they're sort of like lying to, to the, the camera. Yeah. Um, but I agree that, you know, it's especially for those finalists who like, you know, they haven't had a chance to swap stories. They haven't had like any opportunity even like, you know, they've just literally Austin, you know, 30 seconds ago, lost a million dollars, you know, and you're like, well, you know, (laughs) try to process all of this, you know, this life changing money that slipped through your fingers, like, you know, give us a fun soundbite. It's, that's a pretty, uh, it's a, that's a challenging uh, position to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a slice of pizza to hold you over. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure, look, I'm sure when you played, if that would have been the thing and that would have, they would have sprung that on you that, Hey, we're going to do the winner right now. Um, for you, having lost ten nothing in the votes, I don't think it would have been a really that much of a change for you. You probably would have just been excited to eat, like just like, hey, give me. I know, I'll, truly, I'll, like I'll get it over with. Yeah, rip off the bandit immediately, so I don't have to like wait for the humiliation. Well, just thinking about that, if if they did that for your season, yeah, do you think seven nothing? If I just it was oh. seven nothing, not ten nothing. Don't don't you know twist the knife. I'm so, no, I totally screwed that up. You're right. Ten uh, no, seven nothing. I, I was I was looking yeah. at a ten. Nothing the juries were smaller back then. Yeah. Uh, ten nothing was Adam over Hannah and Ken. Okay, and yeah. and Jeremy over Spencer and Tasha. Yeah, those were the only two ten o votes. Yeah, those are the only That's two crazy. ten o. Um, Earl beat Cassandra and Dreams nine zero. Okay. And Cochran, Cochran has a, what a, did a shutout too. What was that? He what's what number was he? I was just scroll. That was twenty six. Twenty six. He won eight nothing. Yeah, against Don and Cherry. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. So we had uh, a an eight nothing, a nine nothing, and two ten nothings. So, uh, and then your seven nothing. Okay. So, yeah. Do you think anything would have been like? It's hard to put yourself back in that situation. But if it would have ended right there and it was seven nothing, do you think? you would have acted differently? Do you think you would have been more upset? You would have been more relieved? What, what do you think you would have been like in that moment? Oh, that's fine. I mean, the hard, I mean, I knew I had lost already, so I had sort of like made peace with that. I mean, the hard part was the shutout, which I was surprised by. Um, and I think I probably still would have been surprised to be shut out. Um, and you're right. Like, you know, I think I would have been frustrated at my, you know, the people who I assumed would vote for me, you know, I mean, obviously I they didn't owe me anything. I had just met them a month before, but I think I still would have had a very, you know, 
I think is a human reaction of being frustrated. And then like that final travel was really emotionally challenging. Like I remember like I was reeling after that, you know, I was like, my, my like head was spinning, um, you know, to, to get, it's hard to be on survivor to, you know, to form these, especially the first time to form these really, really deep bonds with people and then to like betray them and lie to their faces. It's just not something we do in our day-to-day lives, you know, to be lying. I mean, I don't <laughs> anyway, to be lying to people's faces and betraying them and like ruin and then to come face to face with them after, you know, another couple of weeks and see all of their anger and let them unload on you. Um, it, it's like, I found that extremely emotionally challenging and yeah, I think, I think if that had been me, you know, in, you know, suddenly they're like, okay, like let's bring back the cameras, have some, have some pizza. I think I would have been reeling. I doubt I would have been lucid. I just realized that you were on two seasons that ended in shutout votes. (laughs) (laughs) It's yeah, it's my uh, legacy. So take me to uh, Cambodia real quick for uh, second chances. Obviously you're on the jury uh, of that season. When you were in Ponderosa and you guys are talking yeah. about and you're seeing all these people come back and the final three ended up being Jeremy and Spencer and Tasha, was there ever any doubt? Like, were anybody fighting for, hey, I think maybe we sh- Spencer should get it because of this? Or was it, um, when you guys were talking about it, was it always going to be, oh, this is Jeremy's game and there's no chance that the other two, we're voting for the other two? Oh, a lot of people actually were talking like talking of Spencer. I actually thought Spencer had a real shot going into the final tribal because a lot of people were very pro Spencer. And I don't know if Jeremy swayed their votes, um, you know, with his incredible. I have like I have I have a son speech that he gave at, at the final tribal. Yeah. Um. They're also the the last people voted off were also very bitter at Spencer, especially Kelly Wentworth, who was fourth place, and she came off the show just like really mad at Spencer, and I think she might have swayed people um against him as well but you know people like uh sierra easton and uh joe anglum you know they were really you know talking up spencer's game and so it really felt like a very real conversation and like counting votes going into that final tribal i thought there's a chance that spencer could pull this out now obviously that was totally wrong and spencer was shut out um but i you know i i was uh i was um you know really campaigning hard for jeremy at, at ponderosa and you know i i don't know if um you know, some people might look down, well, not look down at that, but I think that's like sort of like unseemly. But like, you know, if if it's there to do, I think you, you should do it. You know, I mean, it's like if it's if they separated us and said, don't talk about the game, or even if they just said, don't talk about the game, you know, you guys can't talk about the game. If that was a rule, I would have followed it. But it wasn't a rule. You know, it's not a rule. <laughs> you know, we're talking constantly about the game. And so like everyone is like sort of campaigning for their favorite. So I was like, great, I'm going to, you know, um, I think it was uh, Reed from um you know jo- uh, from survivor whatever it was um blood versus water too um said to me like it's the most important vote in the game of course i'm going to try to like have it go my way because for for who he was campaigning for which um uh, you know, was natalie anderson so um yeah i was i was 100 you know stumping for jeremy interesting yeah i mean i've <clears throat> i think a lot of people are i mean Look, the diehard fans know all about Ponderosa, but I think the average fan has no idea. I don't think they understand that when people get eliminated, jury when the jury members get eliminated, they go and they just basically hang out and right. do stuff during the day. But then you, every time someone's eliminated, they go to Ponderosa. You guys all get to hang out and talk about the game. That's why when you get to that final tribal and all these people are asking questions, it all seems like, okay. And Oh, that's the other thing I want to talk about. Hey, <clears throat> we can stop 
I, you know, Jeff, before the – and look, I get he's the showrunner. He's the executive producer. It's his show. He wants to prop up the finale. But we just don't get the final tribals that we used to anymore. Uh, this, yeah. This open discussion and everybody loves each other and they're all friends. Like, good. I don't want to see like we saw with uh, the hatred towards Rob. I, I don't necessarily right. want to see that. But – we haven't. I don't think we've gotten a good question at Final Tribal in about I don't know fifteen seasons. I just it feels like a kumbaya moment now, and I don't feel like anybody's asking tough questions really. Yeah, and it's because you know because of the discussion and the back and forth. You're also not you know it's the people who kind of thrive in that environment that are having like you know it's like the same couple of people. You know, like Emily is gonna you know I, I really liked and, and it's a similar thing to the to the live finales of old where I really liked seeing each of these characters kind of have their moment and have their sort of like this is my question this is you know here's how you betrayed me yeah I think I think I, you know it may be impossible for that ever to come back you know because of the social media era we live in where everyone you know nobody wants to be you know the jerk right everyone is thinking how can I look good on TV you know I, I need to be gracious I can't be you know, mad. Whereas, you know, back in the day, people weren't thinking about that. They they were just really mad. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't thinking like, what's social media going to say? Because it didn't exist. I think Jeff's words leading into the finale, the uh, the description he had given Dalton was, the the finale is going to be a, is a war and it's very intense. And there was nothing about that final tribal. No, I know. I saw that too. I was like, <laughs> this is a real. You have really overhyped this because there was no war and it was not intense. Yeah. No, it wasn't. And um, no, but you know, look, I I get it. It's just a different game. I understand. I think social media plays a huge role because these people want to be liked by the public. And if you're the one yeah. person that sticks out and you throw in an Eliza Orland's question or a facial expression, <laughs> then, yeah. you know, then you have to hear, hear the wrath from people that watch the show that don't want you to be mean to people. You know, it's just like, right. Hey, you know, I'm, and I love Eliza. She did nothing wrong, but it was just, yeah. I guess you could just chalk it up to, it was a different game back then. It just was, yeah. you know? Well, those are the iconic moments people remember. I mean, that, you yeah. know, Sue Hawks famous, like rats versus snakes were like, you know, if you were, you know, if you were dying of thirst on the side of the road, I would leave you to die. You know, <laughs> that's the stuff we still talk about. So, I, you know, I miss that too. I do. I think that would be, you know, somehow we got to get back. There. Yeah, yeah. It just, I can't even imagine someone saying that in today's game. And maybe, and yeah. maybe it's because the game is two weeks shorter. You just can't develop that much of a hatred towards somebody else. Where you're well, that's that probably right. Him, yeah, you know? like you're yeah. just, you're still getting to know somebody at, I don't know, twenty six days. It's still a lot. Like you. Plenty yeah. of downtime, like you said. It's, but maybe that maybe that plays a role in it. But um, one one other thing that I was looking at here when I was looking at the uh, the voting discrepancy, I didn't even realize until we had this five three vote. You probably you know, knew it. You knew they were all blowouts, but I did not realize the last four seasons, all the new era seasons, forty one, forty two, forty three, and forty four were all seven to one votes. Did you yeah, know? it's so interesting. Now, yeah, I, I, I did know that, but like, it, it is it is crazy because you know I, I think you're right that it's like some of it is like this this group thing that happens at Ponderosa, but like the one ally, the, the fact that there's a one in there is kind of funny. Like, there's that one person who's like, I'm gonna vote, you know, I'm gonna vote who I think should win, um, which it does sort of you know, but it's it's that one outlier. It's interesting that one per there's always like one outlier who you know, in spite of everyone saying no, you know, it's got to be. I guess Gabler, you know, no, that, that, that you know James still ends up voting for Cassidy because he thinks that's the right choice. Got to give respect to the guy. Do you know the four one votes in seasons forty one through forty four? Oh gosh. Um, well, 
Who finished second? So to, we'll go in 41 order. is Deshaun was second in, in 41, right? Correct. And so I'm guessing Danny probably voted for Deshaun since they were good friends. Well, I don't, um, I don't know who voted for him, but just who finished second in each season? You probably know that, right? Oh, oh, yeah. So, and then um, Cassidy, well, uh, Mary. Cassidy finished second in um yeah I'm trying to, I don't remember who was who was the runner up to Romeo was shut out yeah um so I guess oh yeah Mike Mike got a couple votes um in season forty two one vote and then um and then um oh just one vote right yeah that's surprising I thought Mike really deserved a couple more than one vote Mike Mike played a great game yeah anyway um forty three yeah so forty three Cassidy got the one vote from James and then um season forty four. Um, was not jam so Carolyn was shut out. Yeah. Um, and then gosh, who else? <laughs> oh, Heidi was there. Heidi got a vote. So oh, Heidi. Um, yeah. So that's those were the runner-ups. So yeah, and Cassidy did a Cassidy had a really good showing for herself going on the challenge. I don't. Do you, you watch the challenge? Oh, right? I just I'm I'm watching it very slowly, and because I have an infant daughter now, it's oh. like my TV viewers, you know, is like plummeted. But I'm watching that season very slowly, and I heard she did really well, and obviously it was. You know, very fun that um, the person who won is the person who won. I don't know if this is, is it a spoiler to talk about it. No, point? it's been on. It's been out long enough to where yeah. you can. I am, and I already yeah. again. I watched the whole season. I've already blanked. Who won that season again? I already forget. Oh, this is Chris Underwood. Who? Oh, Underwood. You know, oh, yeah, that was great. Right. Well, so cool because you know, obviously, his survivor witness always had this sort of like question mark beside it because he was on the edge of extinction for, you know, <laughs> something like. 36 of the of the 39 days yeah. you know and then he just comes back and just decimates the last few days and everyone sort of argued you know is it deserving did he really play survivor but for him to go on a different show and just absolutely crush it is kind of cool and not only crush it basically the underdog the whole show like he yeah. wasn't expected to win got thrown into every he won i think five arenas maybe wow. six wow. that's awesome yeah he gets thrown in every time because he's not a you know, he's not part of the clique. He's not part of the cool right. kids club. Um, yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, I, I love seeing winners like that and his redemption. At it. I didn't even know the guy was married with a kid. I had no idea. I don't follow his life. I um, follow him. He's, he's, I, I like my, um, <laughs> my uh, like brother-in-law got me like a, uh, a good cameo from him um, at one point, just basically oh, really? mocking me, mocking me. And after that, we exchanged cameos and I like. I had him record a cameo for himself talking about how he didn't deserve to win Survivor. Um, so we had a like a little banter back uh, back in the day. So I've, I've followed him on social media since then. And, and he seems like, yeah, like a great family guy. Yeah, did not know that until that season aired. But that's right. Uh, he, yeah. he won that. And then there's a season currently airing uh, that's Battle for a New Champion. Have you even started that? Are you into that yet or no? No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to grow chronologically. Okay. I don't know how many seasons are going to be finished by the time I actually skip to that one. God. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of like this whole, and I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I just like the fact that we did a season where, okay, going in, yeah, you could have some alliances, but everybody that's there has never won before. So yeah. we yeah. at least get a shot of, okay, we're going to get somebody new here and they will now be almost like maybe the new era of challenge people because, right. you know, the challenge for the longest time only drew from real world and road rules. Yeah. Now they're really expanding their casting for sure. Going after amazing racers, survivor people, big brother, and you're getting players that, Oh, Wow. You know, and it, I don't think it's any shock that the Survivor players are doing the best on the challenge over the Big Brother people because yeah. Big Brother, <laughs> you don't do anything. <laughs> Survivor's a right, lot not, more testy. It's it very way more similar to the challenge than Big Brother is. 
Yeah. I'm still salty that Tyson didn't win um, the first CBS challenge. That I mean, that was just crazy. What, what happened. I mean, I don't know if, if um, you watched that, Steve. Oh, yeah. It was just wild. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It was just like, there's something like extremely horrible. I mean, obviously, one, like, you know, Danny seems like a great guy, and, and you know, um, but, Sarah. but, Tyson deserved to win. He dominated that season start to finish. And like, he kind of screwed with some like, like rules thing at the very end, which was so dumb. Yeah. No, that was the one that was Danny and Sarah, right? Both survivor. Yeah, Again, exactly. both survivor people that ended up yeah. uh, winning that. But yeah, I mean, it's, I, I love the challenge. Are you a big brother person or no? Um, I am not. I like, I watched it once. I, it's just too much. Yeah. I, just, it's just too, I, I really enjoy it, yeah. but it's like, I can't do the three times a week. Yeah. No, that was me for the longest time. Like that's why I yeah. never watched it until season 21. Cause I knew somebody in the cast and then I got hooked and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 oh, I, get I have so time. many friends who are just like obsessive about it because you see so much of these people, you yeah. know, because it is so much. Can you imagine if survivor had live feeds? Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it'd be boring, boring. maybe it'd be boring as hell watching everybody sleep under, you know, a tarp, but, um, that's the thing, like, because like, we're not, we don't have food or or shelter. You're just like literally just sitting around all day. I mean, like, I think, you know, with big brother, at least they're like, you know, well fed and they can kind of like have conversations, they're energetic and they're having conversations and, you know, bouncing off each other with survivor. There's like, you know, an hour of absolute chaos you know a day but the rest of it is truly just like like sitting and staring into space <laughs> i yeah i still i you know my favorite show but yet would never do it in a million years have no interest oh in doing it either um but yeah. anyway steven again thank you for coming on for your biannual visit loved it we'll have you on at the end of survivor 46 as well uh, oh, looking forward to that coming up in february so that finale will be you know we'll have you on in may again so again uh, happy holidays to you and your family and uh look forward to 2024 good luck with everything and uh, we'll be in touch thank you so much Steve. you got it thank you so much to steven for coming on he's an encyclopedia about this show you know we're going to have him on at the end of every season um his knowledge of past seasons still blows me away. I have to have the Wikipedia page for survivor up every time I interview him so I can look over the votes. And I still, you know, I, I I've watched every episode of every season of survivor. And really when I look at the, cause you go on the Wikipedia page for survivor, it has who the final three were, or if it was a final two back in the day. And I look at some of these names and when I see, Edge of Extinction, Chris Underwood beat Gavin Whitson. I'm like, who the fuck is Gavin Whitson? You know, no disrespect to Gavin. Uh, You obviously did well on Survivor. But I'm saying I can't picture somebody's face. You tell me a name from Big Brother within the last four seasons, I remember their face. You tell me somebody from, I don't know, even American Idol, I could probably remember their face. Um, I just, some of these people, and these people that get, these are people that got to the finals and are sitting there at final tribal. Um Island of the Idols, Tommy Sheehan. I know who he is. He's the redhead teacher. Also played a season of the challenge, but he beat Dean Kowalski and Nora Salman. No clue. I couldn't. You could have Dean Kowalski come up and punch me in the face, and I wouldn't know who that is. Uh, winners at War. I obviously remember Tony Vlachos, Natalie Anderson, and Michelle Fitzgerald because those are former players. Um, Erica, winner, I remember. But when uh, we talked about seasons 41 through 44 finishing in a 7-1 vote and who the four second-place finishers were, Deshaun Radden, no idea. Mike Turner, I think I remember what that guy is. Wasn't he the guy from back east? 
like the cop from back east. That was Mike Turner, right? I could be wrong. Cassidy Clark, I definitely remember because she also competed on the challenge. And then even last season uh, with uh, Jam Jam beating Heidi. I remember Carolyn, obviously. We all remember Carolyn, but I can't picture Heidi's face. And that was fucking last season's second place finisher. It's just bizarre to me how I can't remember some of these people's faces or names. Just even going back, San Juan del Sur won by Natalie Anderson. Obviously, I remember her. She beat Jacqueline Schultz and Missy Payne. Uh, Missy? Jacqueline? No. Can't remember their names. Um, Tony beat Young or Wu. I remember Wu. Um, <clears throat> Blood versus Water. I remember all those people. Cochran beat Dawn and Sherry. I don't remember Sherry at all. Dawn, I do remember. Uh, Denise beat Lisa and Scoopin. I do remember that for, uh, uh, for Philippines. I'm not going to go all the way back, but just looking at some of these second-place finishers, I'm like, uh, who? Anyway, uh, thank you to Stephen for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, he's coming on twice a year uh, to break down your Survivor finale. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review if you can. The Daily Roundup is up already in your podcast feed. The Sports Daily is in your Sports Daily feed. And then now you just listen to this, hopefully. Thanks again to Stephen for coming on. And thank you for listening. So for Stephen Fishback, I'm Reality Steve. I appreciate you listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!